Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Ignite Horse Podcast. I've got Chelsea here with me today. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Firstly, what are you watching on Netflix? Are you watching anything interesting at the moment? Um, not really at the moment. Um, while I was sick with COVID, we were re-watching Seinfeld, which is... Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's just like a comfort one. You know, yeah. we've already probably easy, watched it Easy all, watch. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I just caught up with a friend who had COVID as well. Not that, that, not that that's funny, but she was also watching it in isolation as well. And she said in her seven days, she got through four seasons, which... Yeah, like, I don't know. That seemed to me seems like a pretty decent effort. I didn't really keep track of it, but I'm pretty sure we went from the start and probably finished. Yeah, the whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. it's, it's a very easy watch though, because like you don't have to pay super attention to it, and each episode sort of a standalone episode with little through lines in the story. Yeah. Anyway, so. And when you've watched it, it's like. Yeah, I don't it's just know. like you know oh, it's yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you reading anything interesting at the moment? Um, I am reading lots of books about Hashimoto's at the moment. Yes. So. Do you want to explain a bit about that? Because I'm not really sure what that yeah. is. <laughs> um, so I've just been diagnosed, but it's probably something that I've actually had for the last 13 years or so. Yeah. Um, so it's an autoimmune disease that attacks your thyroid gland. Um, and usually that results in an underactive thyroid gland and eventually it probably will lead to that yeah um for me it's been causing my thyroid gland to leak out extra hormones so then i'll have spikes um where i have a lot of hormone in my system um and yeah you know from yeah. at work i was yeah. pretty tired and um, yeah and i didn't it, understand what was going on with myself so yeah. um i guess i'm just trying to learn more about it now. is that sort of the main effect people have with it like they just get really low energy and whatnot or does it affect people differently um like i said it depends on what actually happens with your hormones so ordinarily um over time it just damages your gland so your gland will release less and less hormone because it's unable to keep up with the demand um, of your body um and then you'll end up needing to go on some kind of hormone replacement but obviously our systems aren't that simple so um people will need different types of medication yep. and um there's also lots of dietary interventions that i'm sort of looking into that can help as well but um with that you know it can cause weight gain it can cause um it generally is something that occurs in females um so it can either cause you know heavy periods and fertility issues yep. um for me it's like the opposite um i've only had overactive symptoms so far so yeah fatigue but then racing heart rate yep. and um, I lost a lot of strength really quickly. Yep. And now I'm sort of going back in the other direction and I'm. this is the first time I've been heading toward being yeah. underactive and then needing medication for are that. You f- so. Are you finding it really interesting to read? Because obviously you've, you're reading it to learn more about it. Is it also interesting as well as far as you're reading things like, oh yeah, I've experienced that or no, I haven't experienced that. Yeah, it's really interesting because I guess I always was under the impression that Hashimoto's and an underactive thyroid gland were the same thing. And yeah. now I realise that it's actually, it can cause both symptoms. Yep. Um, and the lady who's written these books uh, had a similar situation to me where for probably the first 10 years, she was having these surges of hormone like I am. Um, so she had similar sort of yep. symptoms and 
um, you know, this fatigue and just not understanding, I guess, why she didn't feel yeah. as healthy as she yeah. used to. So um, it's really relatable, obviously, then for yourself because you were sort of the same. You thought that just through our conversations, you thought it might have been like um, low iron and everything, but it wasn't. And then it's sort of... Yeah, well, I even yeah. said maybe I'm just depressed. Like, yeah. you know, I've had these symptoms of anxiety and depression that come and go. Um, and that could have well been just waves yeah. in my hormone levels that I wasn't aware of. Or Must have been a up. big relief for you to finally sort of get that. Is it a diagnosis or like yeah. having that understanding that it is this or Hashimoto, not depression, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, it's just nice having something that, you know, even if um, a lot is sort of still up in the air, you know, there's not a lot that's like, it's not um, you have this, this is what you do. It's you have this. There are multiple things that could be causing yeah. it to be worse for you. There yep. can have different triggers for different people, but at least it's something to look into. And um, yeah, it's an understanding yeah. and does of what's it, happening. Is it affected? Because you said it's an autoimmune thing. Mm. So is it affected by certain types of foods and grains or whatever that you're digesting or that you're eating? Uh, yeah, so there's a theory that it's pretty heavily linked to um, things like celiac disease. I think celiac disease is like five times as common yep. um, in people with Hashimoto's. But even if you're not celiac. Clini- clinically yeah. diagnosed with it, um, it can still be causing enough of a, an upset, I guess, or an irritation to your lining that it's compromising your immune system yep. because um, that lining performs a barrier between you know, what you're eating and your body. Yeah, of course. Um, and our body can confuse the proteins that are in grains as um, an antigen, I guess. And yeah. that triggers the same part of your immune system that triggers the antibodies that attack your thyroid gland. So every time you sort of disturb your immune system, you're also encouraging yeah. your body to attack itself. It's really um, interesting how, like, something like this has just so many, I guess, how heavily it can impact your whole life really mm. because you were saying you were at work and there were some days where I looked at you and you were like napping in the staff room at lunch mm. and then obviously other impacts as far as your personal life like when you go home and that you just don't feel like doing anything so yeah yeah it's it's glad it's good that you've sort of now got something to hang hang that on I guess yeah. almost so yeah. how did we meet do you remember obviously we met working together but do you have any first impressions? When I wrote that down, I was thinking like, do I have any first impressions? But <laughs> like, I've met so many people on that first day that I was just like, I don't really remember. But do you have any first in- impressions? I'm not actually sure exactly. I feel like it might have been in the staff room or something yeah. like that. And I might have said, hey, or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I probably was too loud or something as well, knowing me. But um, I don't know. I remember you in like our, probably the first staff meeting that you were at. It might have been on like the initial, yeah. you know, the first day we have where we have PD and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and yeah, I just remember you being really confident to, to contribute yeah. and that kind of thing. And I guess, I don't know, that was my impression you, yeah. that you were like an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, to me, that's like, that's that's what teachers are supposed to be like, I guess. Yeah. So I guess, I'd, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't really buy into that theory either because I guess while you're going to have the students that are extroverted I guess the the quieter teachers are going to be able to understand and connect with those quieter students as well so yeah 
how did you get into teaching? I don't think I've ever actually asked you that. Um, so I obviously didn't, I didn't start off in teaching. Yep. Um, I am just somebody who's interested in lots and lots of different things. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I went off and studied audio engineering for yep. a year. Um, I hurt my back at work. Yeah. I moved home. I tried out some work in electrical engineering. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I, I guess I just felt pressured that I needed to choose something and I didn't want to move back to Melbourne because that was, I guess, a stressful experience yeah. for me. I wasn't ready to do that. Yeah, of course. Um, so I just looked at what was available sort of at Monash locally and I saw teaching and I thought, I'm somebody who has always loved learning. Like yeah. I was, I don't know, school was pretty easy for me because I just enjoyed a challenge. Yeah. Not because I was like super bright, but um, I like to apply myself You're just like curious that. as well. Like curious, I find yeah. those students that are really not necessarily naturally ta- like intelligent, but they're just really curious about things and that's sort of how they develop their, their own education, I guess, so. How, how was audio engineering? What was that like? Why why did you go down that path? Is that just something you're always interested in? Um, my year 12 was really stressful. I think in the beginning of the year, like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and I actually wanted to get into dentistry. And it, again, don't even ask me why I was interested in that because my <laughs> yeah. interests changed so often. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the time, I think it was because I had a crappy dentist and I was like, I'm going to be a good dentist. A better one, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I got really sick that year. I had lots going on with my family um, and I didn't get the end to school that I expected to get. Yeah. Um, so I actually had glandular fever that year and I ended up with thyroiditis at the end of the year and that's probably how Hashimoto started yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, so I basically just wanted to have a break, do something that music was like my uh, escape, you, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And... Um, I just thought it was something that I would be doing for myself. I wanted to get away from my family at the yeah. time. Um, and I wanted to experience something different. So, um, yeah. And that, that ticked all the boxes because you said you were studying in Melbourne, which is obviously away from your family down here. And then, <laughs> yeah. So that, that would have been interesting though. It yeah. was. It was really fun. I loved it. I probably would have kept doing it. But in the end, I was just yep. drowning, I guess. Um yeah, with back pain and not being able to find a different job that... Is that just because, like, you were always in, I guess, compromised positions with work and that? Like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. How, how did you hurt your back? Um, I actually think that I probably did it myself. Yeah. But it was compounded by the work that I was doing. So I was working in um, the bakery at Coles. Yeah. And so I was moving these big, heavy bread dollies and having to lift overhead and... Um, all that kind of thing. So um, whether it was the cause or not, I don't know. But once I'd actually injured my back, it wasn't the best thing for me to be yeah. pushing yeah. these heavy loads and lifting these things. Um, but I kept doing it for a few months <laughs> yeah. anyway because I needed the money. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the year, I just said, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. I moved back home. And you got into teaching. And what, what was that? Because it sounds like you never really pictured or saw yourself doing teaching. Was it a big, was it what you expected? The degree um, itself? The degree itself. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. I 
I found it really tedious. Four years just felt like a really long time. Yeah. Um, a lot of it felt really repetitive and I felt frustrated that I wasn't actually applying what I was What learning. you were learning at uni into yeah. practice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. But you enjoyed placements and that through uni? Yeah, mostly. Yep. Um, my fourth year wasn't ideal. Why, why was that? Um, I think it was a bit of a personality clash with my mentor. With your mentor, yeah. Um, and I tried really hard, but I probably shouldn't have kept persisting with it because it ended up biting me in the bum. Yeah. Um, so she ended up basically, um, well, she wasn't going to pass me and she, I guess, brought it up and then they sent out a lecturer to come and watch me. And, yeah. Um, she... I guess they said, you know, we can look for another mentor for you. But at the time it was really hard to find mentors. And I kind of said to myself, like, I can either say, you know, this is, um, I can put this on my mentor or I can put it on myself and say, okay, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to, you know, take what you're saying on board and I'm going to try and improve. And I thought that's what I should be doing. So I stuck it out and, you know, I got through it and I passed Mm. Um, and then when it came time for her to give me a reference, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, sure. Of course I will. <laughs> yeah. And then the reference wasn't a great the, one. No, that was a terrible no. reference. And of course that was like the number one person they were yeah. going to ask. So yeah. I did not get a job. So that, that was up. at the school you applied for a position. At, no, not at no, school. Like no. I think I went for 10 different interviews, um, locally because I actually did my fourth year placement in. Melbourne because I decided that maybe I wanted to move back Um, and I'd intended to move closer with friends but that didn't end up happening so I ended up doing the commute it's like you know three hours with traffic and stuff sometimes and when I said yes to the placement they said okay but part of the placement is you have to do 16 weeks of a um, volunteer after school program so as well as doing my placement you're also volunteering for yeah. only a couple hours yeah. there, like, or an hour there working with a couple kids. It took me three hours to get there, three hours to get back. And I had awful back pain. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not, it was not a great experience. A great, yeah. <laughs> it does not sound like it, but you, and you managed to get, or did you just CRT work after? I did CRT at Stockdale road yeah. mostly. So I was just their go-to sort of person. Yep. Um, and yeah, I taught, prep to six, PE, whatever they wanted me to do. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like a bit of a celebrity. It was like, (laughs) I don't know, all the kids knew my name, but they didn't get to see me much. So they'd see me and they'd be like, oh, Miss Fox, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, it's it's nice working in the one school because you do get to know everyone. Yeah, you sort of build those relationships with staff and kids as well. So yeah, so then you eventually did pick up a, I guess, a full-time classroom position. Yeah, so after the first year, I got a job at Willow Grove Primary School. Yep. Where best is that? Where's Willow Grove? Um, sort of outside of Maui, I guess. Okay. All right. Um, between Maui and Trap. Smaller school, I'm presuming then? Yeah. Yep. So I think it was 80-something kids at the time. And my first full-time class was a 456 composite. Wow. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a big task. Of yeah. same, like, 20, 20-odd students? Um. 20, maybe 25 or something. Yep. I can't remember exactly. Yep. Um, and there were, I think, five year four kids 
Um, only a couple year fives, and then most of them six. were year six boys. Yeah. Oh, great! <laughs> so, what what was that like? Um, it was different, to be yeah. honest, because it was so um, far removed from the environment at Stockdale Road, which yeah. is a Kathy Walker school. Yeah, uh, was at the time. Um, so it was very based on developmental curriculum yeah. and very against extrinsic motivation. Yeah. Like I had to be really careful what you do. I think I accidentally gave a lolly to a kid once and it was like quite words yeah. off to the side. We don't do that here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and I've gone from that to these kids that have just been so extrinsically motivated yeah. for so long. Yeah. And I kind of came at it from the, the wrong angle because I didn't understand how different this school was. And even and how to like motivate students intrinsically as well like getting them to essentially find motivation themselves isn't it yeah problem because you can't you can't go from these kids that have had extrinsic motivation through their whole primary school and then in year six expect them to be intrinsically motivated like they were used to we do this and then we get a game yeah you know whereas i was like hey you know you're probably going to take over your parents business that's great, but there are so many other things that you might be interested in, you know, yeah. and education is more than just, you know, I want to go to school so that I can yeah. get into uni. It's also, I want to learn so that I can do the things that I want to do, yeah. so that I can learn Ownership. how to teach myself yeah. things that I want to learn. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess that's that was why I wanted to be a teacher in the first yeah. place, because I had a love of learning. So... Did you enjoy that? That I guess your first experience as a having your own class, or was it more challenging than enjoyment? Um, potentially more challenging than enjoyment. Yeah. Of course, there were aspects that I enjoyed. Um, you know, there's I built some great relationships um, with the students, and um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it was a bit of a clash yeah. in terms of my teaching style and what they were used to. Um, so like, cause going, going back to that idea of like, they don't extrinsically motivate their students with like rewards and those sort of things. How, like, what was a school, how do they do that as a school to intrinsically get the kids motivated then? So at Stockdale Road sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's a, have you seen a Kathy Walker school? No, nah, cause that, what's that like play based? Learning is that right? Yeah, I think they would not like the term play based, but <laughs> it's <Sorry>. essentially that. <laughs> yeah, no, don't apologize to me. I'm just yeah. saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you had to be really careful about the way you yeah. said things and stuff because it was very particular. Yeah, um, but no, it's more developmental or developmental curriculum, yes, I guess, which is more like play based. So in the junior years, you'd have stuff set up everywhere, it was like a jungle in the classroom, yeah, like. Um, you'd have lots of different areas sectioned off. You'd have like a reading area, a place with like um, a science set up. You know, you might have some, I don't know, stuff to explore or like something to um, get them thinking about yeah. like, I don't know, um, Antarctica or like yeah. ice or... So not, not your um, traditional sort of classroom set up with chairs and tables and stuff yeah i mean the chairs and tables were there but they were kind of nestled into different areas and um you know there was just lots around to stimulate them yeah um and the first hour of the day would always be investigations which was 
um, basically you'd have certain learning intentions still. So um, certain things you wanted the kids to learn, but um, you would have a discussion about the different areas, how you could use them, um, you know, how are we going to use this like um, science report sheets to capture our ideas when we're investigating in the science area kind of thing. Um, And you'd have certain students on a roster and they'd talk about what they learnt. So they'd all have a turn to talk in front of a class and share their learning. Um, The whole idea was, you know, kids all don't come from um, backgrounds where they have lots of different experiences. So if we all have these experiences in the morning, we have things that we can write about. We have things that we can connect our our maths learning to. Yeah. Yeah. and also making sure that they're getting that experience with um, talking and communicating yeah. and um, the oral language side of things. Because that's based on that idea that students or kids, children learn through their experiences, yeah? Yeah. So then they can, like you said, tie that into other areas of their curriculum, like writing, reading, spelling, etc. So Yeah. Yeah, because I, that, that was a huge thing for a while there around, around the Gippsland area, wasn't it? Like, Kathy Walker was really held on a pedestal around the place. Like yeah. so many schools adapted that approach, didn't they? Well, we did it here as well. Yeah. Um, the first year I was here, it was still in, but it was like hanging by a thread. Yeah. Um, and because it was so, like such a part of what I had done um, at Stockdale Road, I was really keen to do it yeah. here. Um, so I had a year one class and we'd have, you know, I'd have easels set up outside and they'd yep. paint out there and... Um, you know, they had the big blocks and they'd play with those. You would have, you would have loved that. Like knowing sort of you, you, that's sort of right up your alley, isn't it? Like all the arts and the creative mind of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I did. I really enjoyed it. To be honest, I was a little bit sad to see that they decided not to do that. Transition away from that. Yep. Yeah. So when did you start here at Grey Street? Um, 2017. Okay. Yeah. And then... Because I was started the year after 2018, and <laughs> that sort of approach—I've never heard of it, or I've never seen it here before. So mm. it's interesting how quickly that can sort of change. But was Grey Street sort of using that Kathy Walker for years prior to yeah. it? Because I imagine it would take a long time to set that up mm. through the school, especially a school this big as well. Um, yeah, I believe it was mostly in the junior years though. Okay. I don't think it really extended. Beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely a more flexible approach than what you'd see at Stockdale Road, for example. Yeah. So when I started here, you were teaching grade three. Yeah. And then what, what was that like? Did you enjoy grade threes? Because I'm currently teaching grade threes now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved the year threes. I think that was probably my favorite year of teaching yeah um oh maybe not necessarily like i loved kitchen gardens too yeah but that was when i was sort of starting to get in a bit of a groove um finding your feet you're sort of out of school for a while now and yep and i had a bit more of uh, the behavior management side of thing things behind me as well yeah um that was something that i found challenging in in the beginning um you know i just didn't have that natural confidence yeah um but by that time, I was sort of getting the hang of it. Yeah. Um, I felt like that year, it was a really calm classroom. Um, the relationships with the students, um, yeah, were really great. Yeah. Like, we had fun together. Yeah. Um, we, You know, there was a lot of respect. and. That was a really nice cohort, though, because I had them in 
year five. Um, and we were talking at, at the graduation last year because that was your that was year sixes, weren't they? Yeah. That year yeah. three cohort you had were year sixes last year. And it was really cool to sort of just chat about them and you knew all or most of them and you and asking you what they were like in year three. Some of them haven't changed since year three. No. So that, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you transitioned into Kitchen Garden. Is that right? 2019. Yeah. So how, how did that come about? Yeah. So like I said, um, that year three cohort and that year that I had, um, and I had a great mentor teacher as well. I guess yeah. she wasn't technically my mentor teacher, but you know, I had colleagues. I think she's naturally just she like that. Just, she's yeah. like, she's just sensational. She's a real, I don't want to say, but like a real mother figure. Like she's just really nurturing yeah. to any, anyone in the school, but especially her team members as well. So yeah. yeah. Before I was in her team, she was someone who would drop in on me and, yep. you know, ask me how I was going and if, you know, she could help with anything and, yeah, so I've really appreciated her. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, it was a great year, but I just found, like I said earlier, I'm someone who loves learning and I love learning new things. Yep. And it's really important to me that I have time to work on myself. Yep. Um, and I found that teaching just seemed to be taking over my life. Yeah. Um, and I did, I loved the kids and I loved my job, but it almost made me feel guilty when I tried to step away from it. Yeah. And I saw that as unhealthy for me. Yeah. So um, I wanted some time away from teaching to focus on art, which was something yeah. that I was interested in at the time. I'm still interested in it, but I guess I'm just prioritizing other yeah. things at the moment. Yep. Um, so the principal was like, well, we really don't want to lose you. Um, let us have a think about it. And she came back and said, um, what about four days a week in kitchen gardens? Um, and that really appealed to me because it was something different to what I'd been doing. And I saw it as an opportunity to learn something new myself yep. as well as teaching. And I liked that it also dropped back on the sort of assessment heavy side of things. Yeah. Um, that sort of takes up your time. And like those real life experiences that like almost going back to that Kathy Walker approach about their students and the experiences that get, they get because most of them wouldn't have stepped in the garden or used or grown things to then cook with. So that would have been a really cool experience for you too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, like I said, I was learning along the way with them because yep. I hadn't done a huge amount of gardening myself. Um, I didn't know where to start. I was like, what do you plan at this time of yeah. year kind of thing? Because um, I'm assuming they, they would have given you the, because it's a Stephanie Alexander yeah. kitchen gardens program. Yep. So the school would have had the resources and they would have just... I don't know, lack of a better term, dumped them on you and then expected you to figure it out? Pretty much, Or did, yeah. you, did you get the chance to go... Because a lot of other schools around here do it as well. Yeah. They might not be externally vocal about it, but did you get the chance to go drop in? I know Glen Gary do it. Yeah. Um, Yanar used to do it. Did you get the chance to go look at how uh, they've got it set up? I mean, like, I'd seen the programs briefly and, yeah. I, you know, I was out at Glen Gary in my third year too. Um, and I think I actually did some cooking with the kids while I was there. Um, but I don't know, like, you know, they, they were like, you know, if you want to go visit some other schools or whatever, just let us know and you'll do that. Um, I just, I think I was so busy yeah. in what I was doing that I just... Trying to set it up or I guess I never, reset it once up. Once I started, I just didn't stop. Yeah. Um, and there was some PD days, like there was a day at the end of the year before 
and I went down with um, a couple other teachers and um, yeah met up with some other sort of kitchen gardens teachers and it was a yeah Stephanie Alexander run um, professional development we yeah. did some cooking and looked out in the garden and you know some gardening activities and yeah. things like that um, but yeah mostly I just sort of figured it out as I went yeah um, and yeah I really gave it 110 percent yeah yeah <laughs> were there any sort of any like sort of moments that stand out to you in the in the program gosh that's it. in your time I oh, don't know that's a very broad question yeah um like what what uh, aspects did you really enjoy at the end of the first year that I was in there because the first year was really the best year because that was before COVID and all of that yeah um we I really wanted to win the um what is it the Victorian school garden competition sort of oh, thing it's okay. like a um for the best kitchen garden kind yeah. of thing and I think we we came second which was really good yeah like I was really happy with that yeah um, for my first year in the job as well. Do you so, know the school that won? Uh, or do you remember? They weren't local, uh, I'm assuming. No, they were. They were, they like, were. It was all okay. local schools. All right. It was all local schools. Um, I don't know. It might have been your lawn yeah, okay. or something. Because that really depends on, I guess, the setup of the school itself yeah. as well. Because yeah. our, our kitchen garden here or the, our garden area here is like a central sort of spot mm. really. But depending on the layout of the school would depend on what you can do with the space as well yeah well i think the next thing that i needed to work on if i wanted to to win it yeah. <laughs> unfortunately that's not in stock anymore yeah was like community involvement and then yeah covid happened and community involvement dropped right back yeah. because i couldn't even have parent helpers at school yeah so. oh, that that would have been really really challenging because it's a it's a big workload it's like huge, not yeah. only are you teaching um classes you're also trying to maintain and Grow, garden grow a garden exactly. itself too yeah. like i know kids are meant to be involved in in that process too but but when they're not at school, when they're not at school <laughs> who it. does it on yeah. the holidays someone's yeah. still got to look after it yeah. like yeah um that's the side of things that i don't know again you didn't did you didn't anticipate that sort of side it's of not it that or? i didn't anticipate it i guess like i was prepared to do it in the beginning because i was still like well i get another day to myself and yeah um therapeutic out in the garden as long as i was enjoying it yeah i was okay with it um but when it came to you know like remote learning and trying to balance that and you know there's a garden at school yeah that was getting a bit stressful yeah and um, that was also was that at the same time that we were doing the community garden as well over, over at the plaza up, yeah that started up um just after i started there so yeah. You know that had just been set up and they'd been so particular about how they wanted it kept and then we weren't even allowed to take groups outside yeah. the school so i wasn't yeah. even allowed to take kids down there and i was like i'm not going to be sitting there hand weeding gardens over there gardens over here by myself yeah um because i have a life outside of this yeah. i'm not getting paid for it yeah exactly. so yeah um yeah it, i guess that's when it started to lose I wasn't enjoying it as much yeah. anymore because I couldn't, I didn't have the pride in it yeah. because it was not as well managed as it should have been. Yeah. And it was a lot of probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot more work involved than I guess reward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the end, 
I was spending a lot of my lunch times cleaning up the kitchen or setting up the kitchen. Like I was getting there yep. early to start preparing stuff for cooking. And yep. then I was missing all the meetings, which wasn't something I wanted to do. You know, but I wanted to yeah, be at the meetings. had to sacrifice us somewhere. Yeah. And I just felt like all I was doing all day was running around like a headless chook. And yep. um, I was leaving work feeling tired again yeah. and not wanting to do other stuff. And I was like, yep. yeah. So I guess before we transition into sort of that, you transitioning out of teaching the stephanie alexander kitchen garden is really really cool because they're cooking with ingredients grown in the school yeah yeah so yeah. was that like i'm just thinking the the what's the harvest festival is that yes. what we used to do yeah yeah how did that come about that's were you involved question. <laughs> were you involved in that or was that sort of just something that was already happening when you'd taken over the kitchen garden space um, so the Stephanie Alexander program sort of has obviously all these textbooks that come with it. And that was kind of one of the suggested activities in there. It yep. was like a, a celebration where yeah. um, the kids share their cooking and um, take their parents around the garden and that kind of thing. So I think they'd been doing it for a few years. Um, yep. And I think before I started, there was like a kitchen garden committee that sort of organized that. And again, that was one of the things where there used to be a whole team and then yeah and then over time it sort of yeah dwindled (laughs) dwindled down yep yeah um yeah so uh, the whole purpose of the program i guess because we haven't really summarized um what kitchen gardens is um children learning about food so by growing their own food and then cooking with the food they grew um it kind of builds trust around food so it's not like you know we're saying you need to eat your veggies it's um we've just cooked something and then they're more sort of curious about it um they don't have to try it they might try it sometimes they might not try it other times they see their friends eating it yeah they're enjoying it so they're like oh maybe i'll have a little bit um and it's just kind of yeah building trust with food um and giving them that education of where food actually comes from and not having that separation between um themselves and to know that what it doesn't eating. just come from the frozen section <laughs> in Safeway. Like exactly, this is yeah. how we grow it and yeah. fertilize the soil and to allow for the growth and everything. So that, that would have been really rewarding. Were the kids more, or would the, because they, you said they grow it themselves, were they more inclined to eat it because they'd known that they'd grown it? Or do you think it was more they were eating it because the person next to them was eating it or their, their mates were eating it and they didn't want to be rude or left out a uh, combination of the two like yeah. i'd notice a bit of there's a bit of group think yeah with um with things like if they were all excited they'd all want to eat it if one kid was like Ooh, yuck um often there'd be just about a whole class like the class before had just eaten the same recipe yeah and everyone had tried it and then the next class one or two kids like you and then and all then of it's them like, like a, yeah yeah and none yeah. of them want to eat it so um yeah a little bit of both do you think we're were they, do you think they came, or their prior knowledge about it, what was that like? What was their prior thinking around vegetables and I guess how, where, where it comes from and everything? Or were they pretty knowledgeable in, in that? Like, do you think they learnt a lot? I think they learnt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think in this day and age, they need it more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and not just that, like down the track, we ended up um, sort of expanding it to look more at... Um, sustain the sustainability side yeah. of things i guess um and a lot of kids just like i remember we were talking about 
littering. Yeah. So we looked at waste and that kind of thing. What's the effect of dropping rubbish in the yard? Um, and then we talked about how it can end up in the drains and then it can wash down to the creek. And um, did you know that platypus actually live in the creek? And most of them didn't know that, but yeah. then a large portion of them didn't actually know what a platypus was. Really? A platypus? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. Like once I realized that and I started asking class after class, you know, about these different animals and I realized that most of them don't actually know. Don't know. All right. A common Australian animals, yeah. which is really sad. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's almost like just connecting the dots for them, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah. Because like they would, they obviously know what littering is and they know pollution, but connecting how... A if piece of rubbish. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah. can lead to this problem. Like cause and effect there. almost yeah. really in of the environment. So, yeah. Yeah, and like right down to, there was like a video, um, one of the kids' favourite ones, they always laugh at it, um, the majestic plastic bag, and it follows a plastic bag that blows up into the air and yeah. then it goes here and there and, you know, like gets stuck on a dog and, I yeah. don't know, funny stuff happens. Um, <laughs> and it ends up in the ocean and then it, leads to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Yeah. Um, so when kids start to see, you know, make those kind of connections, like if they don't care about it, if they don't really understand the consequence of their actions, they're yep. not going to They're not going to change or change their, their Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. so last year you... So a lot of the kitchen gardens were, as much as you enjoyed it, it was a big workload, yep. like massive. And then last year, I guess... I, I saw the sort of amount of work it was ha- that you were doing and the toll it was taking on you and everything. And then when was it? When when did you decide to sort of stop and move away from teaching? Um, I guess I made a couple last ditch attempts to like I'd already started studying yeah um, personal training because that was something that I just gained an interest in. Yeah. Um, I. Like I said, I had chronic back pain for like 10 years and I'd resolved it with training. Yeah. Um, and when I realized how much it had improved my life, my mental health and things like that, um, I realized that I wanted to learn more, but yeah. also that I wanted to share that with others. And, and help, help others. others. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Because you said all along that you've always had this love of learning and curiosity to learn more. So it seems yeah. natural that you had back pain, you learn how it's caused everything. You want to help others. Yeah. It just seems like a natural progression. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when something helps me a lot, yeah. I naturally want to share that with yeah. other people. So, um, and you know, nutrition, I just sort of took up as something that I guess complemented it. And now the more that I'm learning about how it actually impacts me and yeah. how I can help myself with it, I realize that other people can benefit from that yeah. too. So I just kind of caught the bug with that yeah. recently. So. Oh, a lot. And it's great. That That's yeah, you need more people like that, don't you? Yeah. So, I want to say it was what mid-yearish that you decided to sort of step away from teaching and sort of focus more of your energies on the PT and nutrition side of things. Is that right? Yeah, it was a bit earlier in the year. Um, it was probably the end of term or start of term two. I okay. think yep. maybe midway through term two. Um, yeah, no, I'd sort of made it, I'd communicated a couple of times that I wasn't really coping with the workload. Um, and there just didn't seem to be much flexibility in what could be done to make it easier for me. So, um, and I was already burning out. Um, 
So I just had to make the call and quit. Yeah. Was it a, it must have been a hard decision to make for a number yeah. of reasons. It was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Financially, it was scary. It wasn't yeah. what I really wanted to do. Like, I would have been happy to just drop back. But, um, yeah, I mean, it all ended up working out. Yeah. So. Was there a particular moment that you were like, yeah, <laughs> I'm done? Or was it just a big build up of workload, outside stresses and everything else? Um, I think it was it was probably just a bit of a work, yeah. um, a build up. There were a couple times when I'd ended up in tears already and I was just finding that I was becoming increasingly like um, emotional and yeah, I was just yeah. starting to fall apart. Yeah, so. and then I guess when when you're like that, it's it's hard to then help kids learn as well. Exactly, I was it? like, yeah. it was at the point where I was like, all I wanted to do was just get through the next few weeks yep. um, and make it as fun for the kids as possible. Like, yep. And we made pizzas, we made hot cross buns. It was so much work for me. Yeah. But I was like, I, don't, I know that I'm not going to be able to do this much long, longer, yep. so I'm at least going to make sure that I enjoy the last couple, last of, weeks couple of weeks in the yeah. role and that they have some you know, good memories of yeah. it before I move on. Yep. And it, like, like you said, it would have been a real scary sort of thing to step away from essentially job job security to yeah. the openness of it all how, yeah. how did you find that transition um pretty yeah pretty scary yeah. um because after i quit my job i'd been like well there's always casual work for me and then we went into another lockdown yeah. and you know um that whole thing so there was no income for a couple of weeks and um yeah a lot of a lot of uncertainty yeah so yeah absolutely that it was like i guess it was really poor timing in the scheme of things like in in the middle of what was a crazy year but no one could have predicted that anyway so yeah yeah and then it backed onto holidays and you don't get paid on holidays so um yeah and then i ended up being offered um three days a week here yep again (laughs) you came back (laughs) Yeah, and you know that was fine because it was a different role, different and it role, was not yeah. the planning, and you know I'd come do my work and leave, yep. um, which was what I wanted. And did you enjoy that? I did, yeah. Yeah, because um, you knew, all right, from this out or between these hours, this is my job, and then you essentially don't really think. Did you not really think about it once you left? It was sort of like, yep, when I'm here, I'm here. When I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about it when I left. Yeah. Um, I think most of it was probably spent actually doing online supervision because we were locked down so often. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't actually yeah. what the job was originally supposed to be. But, um, you know, and I quite enjoyed that because, yep. again, it was like you'd have the same group of kids. So, um, yeah, just... Really good. So how's the PT? You said you were studying to get become a personal trainer. Yeah. How's that all going? Slow. Slow. Like... I think when I dropped back, I was like, yep, I'm going to smash it out. Yep. Probably thought I was going to be finished by June, um, but it's still going. And like I said, I've had health issues and yeah. things like that as well. So I yep. guess mentally I've just had to sort of shift from thinking I have to get this done as soon as possible. You know, if I don't meet this timeline, I'm failing to um, it will get done. Yeah. Um, and the most important thing is 
making sure that I'm looking after my mental health yeah. and my yeah. physical health because stress is a trigger for yeah. um, my Hashimoto's and yeah. is why I had this kind of couple months, this episode, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just taking it yep. bit by bit. I'm really close to finishing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then I got COVID and <laughs> I obviously wasn't, yeah. you know, didn't have the energy to... Um, pull myself together then yeah. so it's just yeah. been a lot a lot of hurdles in the road last year hasn't it yeah. yeah so what's your plans when you finish your PT qualification um so at this stage I'm going to be teaching two days a week for at least a few weeks yeah. um potentially for the rest of the year I don't know um and I'm hoping that once I actually do finish this course I'll be able to take on a few clients yep um but then I have a nutrition course that I haven't started yet. Yep. So I need to do that as well. So um, like I said, I'm not trying really hard not to put too much pressure on myself yep. to do too much at once. It might be next year before I'm completely up and running. Yep. Um, but you know, you're, you're going to get there. You yeah. Just, yeah. Yep. Yep. So teaching next year, or I should say this, this year, year, actually, you're doing two days in an art room. Is that right? No. No. Um, they already had an art teacher, so okay. I couldn't, couldn't take art, but they needed a specialist. So, um, yeah, our principal said, you know, she'd be great for it because obviously I've had experience yep. as a specialist um, and I only needed a couple of days a week. So um, out of the subjects available, I guess I just thought PE probably was a no-brainer because yep. kids always love PE and it's so important in primary school. Um so even though that's probably not something I've got a huge amount of experience yeah. with, I've got a little bit of experience. Yeah. Do you see connections between teaching PE and personal training? I mean, the obvious, like it's, yeah. it's physical yeah. education. but um, And a lot of the stuff I did in my course was the sort of stuff that we do at school. Yeah. So, All right, well, thanks for coming in, Charles. It was great to sort of hear how you got into teaching and your story and You've had an absolute roller coaster of a journey, haven't you? Like sure have. <laughs> yeah, I've learned so much that I just didn't know about, like out at Willow Grove, and then yeah, it just seems like it's been an absolute roller coaster for you. Yeah, um, I don't know. I was a bit nervous about sharing because I, I guess, I don't know. It was never a straight and narrow journey for yeah. me. Um, yeah. And my life has just been yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, all over the shop. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think any. Well, it seems rare that someone would have. Uh, what you would say a straight and narrow journey as far as here's where I want to be it's going to be from point A to point B I think it's always like point A B, C, D all the way to Z so thanks for coming in thanks for having me